Today on the show, we party hard in Kansas, dodge bloaters, and go the extra mile in the name of family. that explores the stories, characters, and universes of our favorite video games. I'm Lawrence. And I'm Connor. And like always, we have a special episode because I think I say that at the beginning of every episode. <laughs> it's I think it's accurate. They are all special. That's true. Yes. This has been a little- But especially this time because we're in the home of the uh, recent, of the this year's Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh yeah, Kansas. This is Kansas City is eating good, man. They got a <laughs> <laughs> in in both timelines, I guess. <laughs> they got a Super Bowl, and they're liberated from an oppressive government establishment. Good on Kansas City, man. Those uh, shout out to Missouri. They are they're living it up right now. Yeah, unless you're uh God. I was I was looking. I was listening to uh, Brett's on the pot their their podcast about the Last of mm-hmm. Us, and I think it was a Mark Twain thing a mark twain quote when it was just like if you're about how you pronounce missouri and like if you're from there it's misery (laughs) Ah. it's like how he opened up (laughs) it's like how they opened up that episode and missouri yeah but i'm like hey yeah kansas city man looks like looks like kansas city is basically just undefeated in whatever timeline (laughs) you're in or defeated who knows I mean, if we you could say at the end of this episode, uh, I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but <laughs> defeated <laughs> might be the word. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so as usual, we're gonna jump into the uh, the meat of the episode. Just kind of go over what happened, what the what the highlights were, and then uh, break it all down and just share our thoughts. But first, we're gonna do a little housekeeping. We always love to hear from our listeners, so email us anytime you'd like at podcast at loreparty dot com. You know, give us your thoughts, your criticisms your praise all of it let us let us know don't be a stranger yes this is the official podcast of the kansas city chiefs not really (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna get a suit i don't know if you can say that yeah no we are the official the last of us podcast and the official kansas city chiefs podcast yeah ask no druckman (laughs) (laughs) we're we're on a first name basis with neil you can you can check with him yeah don't don't actually do that. We're kidding. <laughs> but, you can check with A Neil, not B Neil Druckmann. Yeah, no, we we know we know A Neil. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, one person you can reach out to directly if you'd like is Lawrence himself. You can get in touch with Lawrence at on uh, Twitch and Twitter at produced by underscore LK. Yes, yes. And if you uh, want to sidestep that and sue Connor instead, you can. <laughs> <laughs> You can contact Connor on Twitter at Connor Howard VO. That is Connor with an E-R. And mm-hmm. you can even check out his website at Connor Howard. That's Connor with an E-R. HowardVO.com. That's right. And of course, you can always get in touch with the entire team. Sue us collectively, the entire yes. lore party team. One fell swoop. You can find, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do it all. We're, we're easy to find. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at lore underscore party. Woo. Uh, That's right. We're going to get started with the show in a second. But first, is that Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes? 
No, that's actually just a clicker. So uh, <laughs> we'll be right back. Common mistake. It happens. Okay, we're back, and we're going to start the breakdown of episode five of The Last of Us on HBO, titled Endure and Survive. But if you haven't watched that episode yet, now's the time to pause and go watch it. If you don't want to read it, if you don't want spoilers, this is your official, one and only, first and final spoiler warning. Yes. Beware beyond this point. Yes. And additionally... Uh, we want to put a trigger warning here at the beginning of the episode because uh, later in the episode, um, you know, this this episode does contain conversations and discussions about suicide. So, like, if you or a loved one is struggling with suicidal thoughts, please stop the episode, dial nine eight eight or Google suicide prevention to find local resources near you. That's right. Okay, so warnings are out of the way. We're all ready. So let's get into it. So, episode five, Endure and Survive, picks up pretty much exactly right where episode four leaves off and actually shows us a bit of a flashback before episode four. Uh, we, you know, open up on Joel and Ellie. They have guns in their face. <laughs> it's in the dead of night. They've been woken up by two strangers and uh, they're being held up basically. But then the story pulls back a bit, shows us uh, what Kansas City was like uh, right before Joel and Ellie arrived. So, we know that Fedra had been particularly uh, oppressive and fascistic basically uh, toward the the citizens the, the residents of Kansas City and we also know that from the previous episode the community of Kansas City the the, the regular working stiffs the the civilians as a group as a collective overthrew them and we can surmise that they were led by Kathleen and possibly her brother she mentioned her brother in the previous episode and beginning of this episode we're seeing like we're seeing some serious shit go down. Like we're basically seeing what seemed to me like the after party of the the war has been won. Yeah. Like the the militia, I'm gonna call them the the militia of Kansas City have officially defeated Fedra, and Fedra soldiers are just being lynched, beaten to death, shot, dragged behind trucks. Like this is the brutal, bloodthirsty, you know, joyous victory of the oppressed insurgents who have won their struggle it's it's um it's a pretty brutal scene like it's it's pretty messed up oh yeah yeah very very uh yeah it's very very barbaric yeah and then we are um we're then taken to what is like presumably a federal holding cell with a bunch of scared citizens sitting on the ground and kathleen and my boy perry enter my the boy perry yeah, perry <laughs> our man <laughs> They enter the holding cell and then like they begin to play this role of uh, good cop, bad cop with uh, Perry being the bad cop. But uh, <laughs> the silent yeah. bad cop just stands in the corner and looks scary <laughs> with this with this gun that he always has because Perry yep. is not without his automatic weapon. But the real Absolutely. bad cop here, as we'll see, is Kathleen. Mm -hmm. She tells everybody, though, she starts off like, cool. You're like, hey, you know, you won't be killed. Um, we'll just put you on trial. And you'll do some time, and that's about it. Just, but you have to give me Sam and Henry. Like you got to do that. Mm -hmm. And nobody was, nobody wants to respond. Like you know, nobody wants to tell like where Sam and Henry are. And so she's like, fine, whatever. And she begins to to you know leave the cell and signal that everybody will just be killed then. And one person steps up and decides to snitch. 
There's always one. Yeah. There's always at least one. Yeah. yeah. This this uh this this jackass. No, just <laughs> this person who was scared for their life decided to decided to tell because they thought it would they'd be spared. But you know he yeah. reveals that. Henry and Sam are fleeing to hide with Dr. Uh, Edelstein, the doctor that mm-hmm. we saw uh, in the last episode who was killed. And so after, you know, getting what she wants, she basically goes into a room with a bunch of soldiers and, and her and Perry talk. And she's like, kill them all anyways. <laughs> yeah. Kathleen. Yeah. Kathleen, hard as nails, man. I think she tells Perry as she's leaving, uh, uh, when you're done, burn the bodies. It's faster. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. It's like, it's all clinical to her. Like she's like talking. It's like she's talking about the weather. It's 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 psychopathic. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kathleen is uh, Kathleen is merciless. <laughs> yeah, she don't fuck around. So while this is happening, we we cut over to Henry and Sam, who you know the the backdrop. While this is all happening, we we've discussed the backdrop of basically violence in the streets. Like the the fighting is over, but violence is still happening. Like Fedra's being wiped out in the background. The city has fallen basically to the to the militia, and while all that's happening, Henry and Sam, they're they're being hunted down. They are. It's. It, I I love just the movement and the uh, the t- the tone here. Like these are two people, like a, a youngish man and a and a young boy, moving as if they know they're being hunted. Like yeah. they know that they are wanted men, and they're kind of like dodging around, you know, corner to corner down the streets. And they finally meet up with Edelstein, the doctor we met we met last time. And Edelstein kind of leads them to the attic crawl space that we also saw in the last episode. And he's like, you know, saying he's telling Henry and Sam, don't worry. Kathleen doesn't know this place exists because uh, a Fedra officer I, I worked with told me about this place. So it's kind of like off the radar. So they're hiding. They have a good spot to hide in. But unfortunately, they have no ammo for their guns. These are empty guns they're carrying around. And they also don't have that much food to, to live off of. So. They have about 11 days worth is what Henry figures. And so they decide to use that time to plan an escape. And they are thinking about using the tunnels to get out of the QZ. The problem here is that Sam is, you know, a young boy, not ready for any of this. Like no kid should be going through this. And he's obviously terrified. And Henry's like trying to calm him down. But Edelstein tells Henry, hey, Sam is afraid because you're afraid. Yep. So just think about that. Yeah. No, I liked I liked that scene a lot. And it's it's crazy because they're like in the streets killing Federal soldiers, but they're also yeah. rounding up all of the uh, uh, conspirators too, like all the collaborators. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody that's not a part of the resistance is basically just mm-hmm. getting killed. <laughs> Pretty much. And so, like, yeah, if you if you pick the wrong side, like if you were even like Fedra sympathetic, not necessarily working with them directly, but uh, yeah, they're all they're all they all got to go. Yeah, so it's like doggy dog out in the streets right now. It really and is. It's, it's it's nuts, and yeah. so Sam. Sam decides to talk to Henry, who's drawing a superhero on his like magic slate toy he keeps around his neck. And mm-hmm. uh, Henry tells Sam that they are 100% safe and reassures Sam that he's not scared. But Henry says the only problem is the place that they're hiding in, the place that they're hiding out in is ugly. And then he gives <laughs> Sam like a giant bag of crayons and they decorate the place. And, uh, you know, they, they draw on the brick walls and you know, kind of just like liven things up because there's really nothing that they can do right now, but kind of just hunker yeah. down. Yeah, I, I love that scene too because it was like, you know, building up their relationship. This is a very brotherly and obviously Henry cares so much about his little brother that he's like distracting him, putting his mind towards something else. Like, you can't be scared if you're drawing superheroes, you know? So like, no, it was beautiful. Beautiful moments like that. 
And we actually see 10 days later. So 10 days go by. It's kind of a time lapse. And we see that uh, Sam has just gone buck wild with these drawings, just like putting superheroes all over the walls, over the hideout. And uh, Henry kind of refers to this little superhero character that Sam draws. He calls him Super Sam, which is fucking adorable. It's, it's so heartwarming because it looks like a little version of Sam, but with like an orange mask on and a cape and a superhero outfit. It's great. And um, the, the sad news is, though, the streets are still full of militia like the. Kansas City crew is the mob is just still out for blood. Yep. And Henry and Sam are down to their last can of food. Sam says he's hungry. And Henry, you know, tells him, no, we got to wait for the doctor. He's been gone all day, but he'll be back. Uh, we wait until he gets back. And this is the time where, like, for me at least, it became obvious that Sam is deaf. Like, we that was, like, not explicitly said, but you can tell by the way, you know, Henry and Sam communicate with sign language, which... We'll talk about later, but that's a departure from the game. That's obviously not how it was in the game. But yeah, so they're like kind of arguing over the food and, you know, trying to, Henry's trying to calm Sam down. Like, no, don't worry, Edelstein will be back. But the next day, he's not back. And so they basically both kind of figure that he's been caught and he's probably not coming back. He's probably not alive anymore. Yeah. And this doesn't do anything to help the fear situation. They're both still pretty freaked out and on edge. They basically have realized now that all they have left is each other. No one is left to help them. And obviously Sam is terrified of this. So Henry gets an idea. He tells Sam to close his eyes. And then Henry paints that little orange superhero mask around Sam's eyes, turning him into Super Sam. Which, again, just amazing. I like. I love this relationship they're building through these scenes. Yeah. And it is also just, it's equally as cute as it is dark. You know, <laughs> it, is, <yeah. laughs> like, it really is. It, I, I especially love that. Like Henry goes goes to the lengths. Like he takes his uh, a little folding knife out and holds it up so Sam can see what he looks like in the reflection. Like, no, look at that. You're a superhero now. Nobody need to be scared. It's God. It's so it's so heartwarming. There's also one little detail I noticed and I saw this actually on Twitter is that right at that scene, Henry looks outside. And there's a uh, building, and it's like an orange uh, bar that goes across his eyes. Also, they're trying. Oh. To... So it's just a little bit wow. of a uh, little bit of cinematic genius there that they were like, okay, we both, you both have, like, you both need to really summon your courage at this moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. I thought that was just like really interesting. Yeah, you know. So as they uh, like prepare to leave, because Henry has just discovered the patterns of the soldiers and they're, they're going to go mm-hmm. out there. You know, they, they, well, Henry hears Joel and um, Ellie's truck crash from episode four. So we're, we're yep. now we're seeing right at the part where the S 10, it could do no more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so he sees the truck crash. He sees the shootout, you know, with the Kansas city crew, like he sees Joel just put a dude down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, Henry is, is like, Hey, hold on a second. I got a new plan. I think I found these guys definitely aren't from here and they can handle their shit because like this man just wiped out a, a whole group of people. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. Came in <laughs> in the S 10. And so, <laughs> and so like later that night, uh, Henry and Sam basically find the building where, uh, Joel and Ellie are, um, like are crashing at and um, they, they sneak up on them and we basically get right to the end of episode four. Right. Yeah. You almost get the impression that Henry just started tracking them across town. Like just followed Joel and Ellie to their hiding place. And 
Yeah, this whole plan. Henry's definitely a planner. Like he, he kind of, it seemed like he had walked Sam through what to do. Like he was signing to him, like, okay, you know what to do. Just hold this at them and uh, stuff like that. So yeah, now we, we get to the situation where Joel and Ellie have just woken up to guns pointed at them and Henry tries to keep everything cool. He says, I, we don't want to hurt you. We want to help you actually. And you know, they're just, he's trying to like, he's trying to deescalate the situation and <laughs> Joel is just like staring daggers back at him, giving like ice cold one word responses like, I'm going to put the gun down, then I want to talk. Okay. And Joel is giving every single indication that as soon as Henry puts the gun down, Joel's going to murder the fuck out of him. Like, he's he's giving no ground at all. I love this interaction because, like, yeah, Joel's like, okay. (laughs) Henry's like, come on, man. He's like, just give me, I don't like the way you're talking right now. It's like, everything is cool. I'm like, "Uh," even I'm sitting there like, yeah, I wouldn't put the gun down. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's, he's not acting like things are cool. (laughs) And I also love Ellie chimes in. She's like, no, don't, don't worry. He just always sounds like that. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it it goes like this for a minute and then Henry finally decides, okay, I'm, fuck it yolo i'm gonna trust you i'm putting my gun down and they start talking they uh you know he's like hey i'm henry this is sam and he says henry says we are the most wanted men in kansas city but now that joel and ellie are there it's kind of a toss-up it's like you might be most wanted too (laughs) uh so it's kind of like this immediate you know brotherhood of four where it's like okay well, well we're all wanted you know we're all hunted down by these people who live here so maybe we can help each other they start, you know, the, the situation is now finally calmed down to enough where Joel and Ellie actually share their food with Henry and Sam. And, you know, Joel's like, okay, well, you've eaten. No one died. Let's call this a win-win and go on our separate ways. And, <laughs> but Henry's like, uh, I, I actually know a way out of the city and I can show you in the morning. So it might, uh, you know, they, they might be able to help each other even more now. Yes. And so that next morning, Henry and Joel, they look out over the city um, in this like office space that's upstairs in the building they're in. And uh, Joel says that he heard that Kansas City Fedra were monsters. So this is where mm-hmm. we kind of get a little bit of backstory into why there's a resistance. Because like Fedra everywhere sucks. Um, yeah. But like this Fedra is particularly like monstrous and barbaric. Um, yeah. Henry is, he, you know, tells the they tortured, they murdered, they did other things. Um, and you know, for, for 20, for 20 years, like it was just, so like basically the entire duration of Kansas city's quarantine has not been good. It wasn't like a, since the beginning, yeah, it hasn't been like a regime change or anything. It was literally, it started out as like people with way too much power oppressing citizens, like unjustly. So, and, and eventually the, the people they rose up and uh, they did it right back to Fedra. They did everything. So repaid. And so that's yep. why we get that's the context that we get to, like, you know, the the celebration, the celebratory, like lynchings and beatings, yeah. like while these people are, are cheering and everything. It's like, well, why is this happening? It's because this is what these people suffered for, uh, you know, 20 years. So it's like right or wrong. It's just they're just paying it back. Yeah. And so, you know, Henry tells Joel that, um, you know, he's not with Fedra, but he is worse. He's a collaborator, Oof. which is is uh, not something that Joel really wants to hear because, um, like, yeah. he he, to- he says he doesn't want to work with a rat. Yeah. 
even though Henry knows the way out. Like Joel is instantly Joel is like instantly turned off by the fact that the hearing the word collaborator. So he's had some yeah. he's had to have had some experience with that in the past. And so, well, being a smuggler in the Boston QZ, I'm sure that like, yeah, he's probably had close calls with Fedra before with collaborators before. So, yeah, this is just one of those. I instantly don't trust you things. Yeah. yeah. And so like, so Henry, so Henry basically starts, he reveals like he knows the way out, but he just needs someone to clear the way. And since mm -hmm. Henry has never killed anyone and he has never been, you know, he's, he's never been violent. They need to make this alliance. Yeah. So we basically, yeah, we find out that, yeah, Henry's never killed anybody, which is different than the game. And mm -hmm. he's just basically he's really good at intimidating Henry. Henry's just tactical. He's just like he knows how to um, basically overcome obstacles to a certain. He's the extent. schemer. Yeah. Yeah. And this is also the moment where he reveals to Joel, my gun's not loaded. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so they I couldn't kill you even if I wanted to. Basically. Yeah. So he stuck Joel up with an unloaded gun, which was like, he's, I mean, you're lucky to be alive. Pretty much. Really? Yeah, really is. Yeah. But like while they're talking, uh, we see that Ellie and Sam have developed this friendship and uh, it's going really well. Like um, Sam actually laughs, which like mm -hmm. up to this point, Sam has been completely silent. And um, Henry even remarks that this is like the first time he's heard Sam laugh in a very long time. Yeah, it's nice. Ellie and Sam like are immediately hitting it off. And I think that, you know, Joel's like, you know, it's it's out of necessity that he has to go along with Henry's plan, but he's also like thinking like, well, it'll be good to have. Maybe he maybe he's thinking back of his mind. Ellie made a friend, so I don't want to ruin her day basically yeah. by telling these two to fuck off. <laughs> so you know he 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 decides to hear Henry out, and Henry explains the plan like, kind of lays it out. The city is run by Kathleen. Like she has this whole place on lockdown. Her people are all all over the place. But the way out is a maintenance tunnel that goes basically under the QZ wall or just kind of outside the city perimeter that the militia has set up. So if they get to that tunnel, they can just walk right out to their freedom. And Joel's like, well, that sounds simple. What do you need us for? And so then Henry explains that uh, the reason he's like, have you noticed yet how, you know, how few infected there are in this city? Like you haven't seen any infected yet. That's because 15 years ago, Fedra as a military force, drove all the infected in Kansas City underground. I don't know. He doesn't explain how that works, like how they did that, yeah, but that, uh, they pulled it off somehow, I guess. That I'm still curious about because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. all of them? You just got them underground <laughs> in a tunnel? Because I was like, you guys didn't share that information. Like, I know you were busy, like, oppressing people, but fuck. Yeah. That, that's, <laughs> it seems like, how, yeah. hey, guys, yeah, I got them underground. I got a plan for that. Like, <laughs> that was five years into the infection. Right. Like, how'd you find the time to do that when you were being jackboot thugs to everyone in Kansas City, like just, you know, brutalizing people? And yeah, it's like, did you did you like shoo them underground with sheepdogs or some shit like with cattle prods? Like, how'd that work? Right. Get, under, get underground, you like, OK, go get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Somehow they managed to the white you know, wipe out everyone, all the infected in the city, except for the ones underground. And so. Basically, everyone in city from now from then on assumed, Kathleen included, that the tunnels are full of infected and no one goes down there anymore. But Henry, always a schemer, always having the information, he says, "I've got a I've got a tip from a Fedra guy I knew. He said that the tunnel, the specific tunnel that he, they want to use to get out of town, that one's clean. They cleaned it out. So uh, he's like, you know, it'll actually be easy enough. But you know, just in case there are infected, Joel and Ellie seem like they can 
handle themselves. They even mention, I think Joel and Ellie at this point, they mention, oh yeah, we, uh, we ran into a couple clickers a while back and you know, the fact that they're still alive <laughs> is like Henry's like, wow, you fought clickers and lived. Okay. That's, you know, maybe this, he, I think he describes the plan as quote dicey as fuck, yeah. but he's <laughs> like, Hey, well with you two, we have a chance basically. And I, I love it because it's like, yeah, they didn't, no one mentioned the fact that there were three people when they fought two clickers and there's not yeah. three people anymore. And it's all. It wasn't a completely uh, clean victory. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it was like we got away, but there was another person. They didn't. Yeah. But like, yeah, and it's like Henry is a, like the one thing we've always. The one thing that I love about this is like Henry is still young. Henry is a young man, and in, in this, in his yeah mid twenties, maybe late twenties. But he is like he is top. He is like forced to. He is 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 very much has to assume the role of an adult through this whole thing. So like I like seeing mm. the his very childlike optimism like oh yeah with you guys i'll be fine and even yeah. joel's probably like uh, we might get lucky yeah maybe. <laughs> yeah and so you know they they make their way to this bank uh that has like the path to the tunnels and as they enter joel uh tells ellie to get her gun out and so you know it's uh, shit might go down because joel was so anti-child having a gun in the last episode mm-hmm. and now he's like hey mm-hmm. uh, get your gun <laughs> we, we we're gonna need one i might need you to watch my back here yeah because yeah, like because this guy just told me his gun wasn't loaded <laughs> and he's never killed yeah. anyone so kid <laughs> right. you're up and so like you know they they head through the tunnels and they don't find any infected um and they but they do find an area covered in kids drawings which like mm-hmm. if you played the game you're like oh shit that they they basically um they find out where uh there was this this underground um establishment like group civilization thing yeah. so there's a cartoon castle on the front and when they enter they find this like area for children with uh drawings toys a makeshift soccer goal mm-hmm. and uh, joel talks about how he's heard of places like this you know after outbreak day like there were certain people that did go underground but this was like my favorite callback to the video games yeah i love this part i that's actually one of my favorite parts of the game too when you just explore this basically a makeshift city underground where a community of people had just set up shop and lived their lives uh yeah so this was really cool in fact another you know, they, they tie they tie this scene into the game even more with uh, what Joel finds. He uh, comes across this drawing, like a crayon drawing, like maybe a you know a kid drew, uh, with two big you know stick figure looking guys who are labeled Danny and Ish. And you know people who've played the game who are listening obviously know what I'm talking about here. In, in The Last of Us Part One, uh, we find out we we can piece together clues from notes that you find throughout the game that Ish was a man who kind of started out the apocalypse on his boat and then uh, ran aground and met some people who were living out in the nearby suburbs and uh, they they kind of struck up a friendship and they all decided to just live together in the sewers of you know in the suburbs outside of Pittsburgh in, in the game it's Pittsburgh but here it's Kansas City and there's this whole entire story about Ish and all of his friends that he made who lived in this little underground city until uh, unfortunately one day infected got in and pretty much everyone died except for Ish and a small group of other people. So it's like this it's like this story that has elements of hope to it that like people can still live communally and cooperatively and come together and make something 
you know, carve out a piece of goodness out of the world. And it ended tragically, but there was still that, that tiny flicker of hope there at the end where Ish at least goes on. So, uh, no, this was, I, it was cool. I, I, I kind of wish like, it's like that, that's the thing that you'll get if you've played the game and then watched the show. Yeah. But I feel like people who just watched the show and hadn't played the game, like they'll see a drawing of Danny and Ish and know that, oh, people lived here and people were like, yeah. they had a, almost a society going on here, but they don't have the full scope of, of that, of that little settlement, I guess. But, uh. Also, just a very cool tie-in, though. Yeah, seeing that man's optimism just just get ripped away from him. If you wanna, yeah. if you wanna know more about this though, and you haven't played the video games, we actually do have an episode. The very first Last of Us episode that we did on there the video is. games was about Ish. So that's check right. that out if you want to know about that depressing story. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a that's a quality listen right there. <laughs> Highly recommended. Uh, and so. You know, in the underground playroom, uh, Sam finds an issue of Savage Starlight, which is also a callback to the game. That's it right. It is a comic book that you uh, you just find at, find throughout um, your travels, and Ellie collects them. Um, and yeah, so this is this is actually pretty cool. And so like Ellie shows her that she's like her super excitement over the issue, and like her and Sam bond even more over their love for the series. Um, and Ellie recites. Uh, the quote from the comic book in like a very like, you know, child imitating like some superhero like way. She's mm-hmm. like to the edge of the universe and back, endure and survive, which is mm-hmm. funny because they say I keep going to the game, but they say it when they say it in the game. It's like when you're in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. she says it as like a, a grounding thing. And Joel just yeah. kind of laughs her off. It was after they see like a bunch of federal soldiers that have been killed. She just like yeah. randomly quotes it, and he just is like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then, then she starts saying it after Joel kills a bunch of hunters in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's like, "Endure and survive." And he's like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it's a it's a really it's like a it's a dark and cute throwback. A little bit, yeah. There's a lot of that going around this time, like dark and cute. Yeah, yeah. that's this episode. <laughs> that's this episode. Uh, that's right. It's like so. I like like. Sam teaches uh, Ellie how to say endure and survive uh, in ASL. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, which is which is cool. It's like a nice bonding moment. Um, and so Ellie uh, convinced Joel that uh, they should basically like wait it out here. Um, mm. And since there's there's shit for them to do, like there's a soccer goal and everything like they're kids. It's a room for kids like this is in this world. This is <laughs> this is a pretty good find. Like, yeah. Big time. And so, uh, you know, Henry says that it would probably be a good idea and maybe they should wait till it gets darker. And so while it seems like Ellie and Sam are just excited to have, you know, someplace they can take a break, Henry and Joel are over here chatting it up. Yeah, it's, you know, there's all those studies about like the importance of recess, like uh, young people literally physiologically need like a physical release and like, you know, de-stressor like that. So, uh, yeah, they, they get to have a little recess yeah. and, you know, be kids for a minute. And so, yeah, Henry and Joel are kind of off on their own. And earlier it had been kind of outed and established that uh, Joel and Ellie are not related. I think yeah. Henry makes an offhand remark like, hey, uh, Ellie, your dad's really a you know a real stickler. And they both immediately answer, he's not my dad. She's not my daughter. Like they say it at the same time. It's hilarious. And so it, that's, that's out there. That's common knowledge now. And, you know, Joel and Henry are kind of just make like making small talk and he 
having seen how much Henry cares for Sam, I think Joel comes to the realization, like, I, he tells Henry, I, I shouldn't have been so hard on you about being a rat. You know, I, 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 I understand. I get it why you would, you know, do something like that to protect your brother. And uh, Henry tells Joel that what he said earlier about never hurting someone wasn't entirely true. Henry tells the story about, you know, there was this great man that he knew once, a man who was never selfish, very quick to forgive, a, a great, decent man who Henry would follow anywhere, like that was beloved by his community, including Henry. But then Sam got sick with leukemia. Sam came down with uh, with a blood cancer that's, you know, it's always bad news. And there, you know, medicine does exist for that kind of thing, but uh, Fedra had it. So the only way for Sam, for Henry to get this medication for Sam at the time was through Fedra. And he said, I knew I'd have to give them something big in return for this medication. And that something big was this great man that he knew, the leader of the resistance movement in Kansas City and Kathleen's brother. So like, this is a big, you know, needle drop moment of like, there it is. Yeah. That's, that's what happened. That, so yeah, we're getting so much background here. And, um, you know, Henry's kind of just owning up to like, I, I did a bad thing. I, I betrayed my friend. I, I gave up a friend to the bad guys, the most evil guys you've ever met. But, you know, I did it. I did it for my brother. I did it for Sam. He's like trying to relate with Joel a little bit too. Like, I think you understand because you might not be her father, but you were someone's. Yeah. That's a, that's a big quote right there. That's like, that's Henry's a smart guy. We know that he's like perceptive. He, he can see from Ellie and Joel's relationship. Like he, he sees something in her, yeah. even though he doesn't want to be open about that or obvious about that. Henry picks up on yeah. it. So, um, yeah, that was a big moment. But, of course, Joel wanting to avoid any conversations of that nature. He's like, we should get moving. Yeah, let's, let's move feelings. along. Feelings. What are you, my therapist? Get out of here, man. Let's go. <laughs> but I, what I really yeah. liked about that scene also is just like, even though Henry would do that again, no questions mm -hmm. asked, like there's so much guilt. Because like when he looks Joel yeah. in the face, he says, I'm a bad person. You can tell me yeah. I'm a bad person. And like, it's just like, it. it's that scene that scene hits me so hard because it's just like like it was like you're not you're not actually a bad person like you just had to make an impossible decision yeah and and yeah. like but like you, you how, how can you reconcile that in in this type of world uh especially when now you're being hunted because you tried to help your brother yeah it, that that is that catch-22 that i think henry would struggle with is that i betrayed Kathleen's brother to save my to save my brother yeah. but having done so by doing so I've put Sam in arguably maybe even more danger yeah. because like now the entire city wants me dead and him dead so it's yeah like he would this is definitely something to struggle with like you you made the best choice you possibly could but it was still an impossible choice and that's a good way to put yeah. it yeah and so once we get once they uh, get on the move because Joel doesn't want to talk about feelings anymore <laughs> hell no we go back to Kathleen and she's just you know, and against the wall in this bedroom, and we find out it's you know her bedroom from when she was was a kid. So she's basically mm -hmm. been born and raised in Kansas, yeah. which is Kansas yeah, City. Can, yeah, Kansas. Missouri. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, there are Kansas. two Kansas cities. One of them is in Kansas. I know that's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like you've just grown up in Kansas City your entire mm. like your entire life. Like, damn, damn. Yeah. So, <laughs> 
no no offense to anyone who lives in Kansas City, but she grew up in she was born and raised in Kansas City, and then you got yeah. stuck in Kansas City because of a mushroom-headed infection. That's like that's that's just hard luck, right? Yeah, there. yeah. that that sucks. Because like not even Perry is from Kansas City. Yeah, he got stuck here. But at least he wasn't born yeah, here. Yeah, Perry's like I, I've experienced some other things, but so Perry Perry comes in and he says that you know like basically she grills him like how do you know I was here and he's like I talked to your mom which we know her mom is still alive um wow yeah you know so perry comes in and he says like they still haven't found henry or the man who killed brian right aka old aka old knife and joel <laughs> <laughs> joel knife and miller that's his middle name knife and <laughs> and so like perry uh you know like i said perry uh said kathleen's mom told him where she was and you know she reveals that this is the room that she grew up in and uh like kathleen is reminiscing about how uh her brother michael when her and her brother michael were little um and how this room seemed to be like super big and kathleen says that um she was so scared of of thunder so when there was a thunderstorm michael would you know tell her that this room was a wooden box and nothing could get inside and they'd be safe if they were here together in their perfect box so they are basically thunder buddies, <laughs> thunder buddies. <laughs> oh my god i i That's... never thought i'd ever be able to use that joke is that a ted reference is, right there that is a ted reference that yeah amazing ted reference yeah. well done yes yeah, so, <laughs> wham i'm showing my age <laughs> <laughs> So this is this is an interesting scene because Kathleen's letting some walls down here. We're getting to know her as a human being, not just as a bloodthirsty insurgency leader. You know, she's kind of letting us in on how much she obviously really looked up to her brother. Uh, Michael was, as Henry put it, like he was a great man. Everyone really looked up to him. Really, uh, everyone really trusted him, and he was just this benevolent soul that no like didn't have a single enemy in the world really. And you know, Kathleen says he was just a beautiful person, but. I'm not. She's kind of like kind of comparing them like, I'm not like my brother. You know, he'd be horrified by the things that I've done is what she's kind of telling. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Perry's really the only person in the city that she would confide in like this. And she's kind of like, you know, leveling with him. You know, she says, I, I know that Michael would want me to forgive Henry. Uh, who and, and he wouldn't want me to hurt Henry because Michael told me the last time I saw him alive Wait, in that jail cell. Which like, fuck, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I if I knew that, like, a loved one who had died would want something from me that I wasn't doing, like, I would I would reconsider my my course of action. But no, Kathleen's just she's well, the way she puts it is that Michael wanted forgiveness. But Kathleen points out, what did forgiveness get him? Michael was a gentle soul. He didn't want to hurt anybody. Uh, and where did that get him? You know, she's like, what's the point of forgiveness if, if, if he died anyway? And so this is what she's kind of pouring out to Perry. And Perry's just, you know, this passive, you know, listener. But then he, then he counters. He says, he tells uh, Kathleen, your brother, Michael, was a great man, but he didn't change anything. He was a leader we all respected, but he didn't take the actions that were needed. However, you did. You, Kathleen, did take the actions that actually changed our situation and freed us from from Fedra, and so we 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 are understanding how deep Perry's loyalty to Kathleen is. Like you, like it was you who freed us. So we're with you, me, all my guys, the whole city. We are behind you in whatever you decide. Kathleen, Which you is, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. 
<laughs> Kathleen Mahomes yeah. is, her, is her name now. <laughs> and like, I'm just like, it, it's such a, it's a hilarious scene. It, it is not a hilarious scene, but it is, it's really telling because it is like, mm. hey, we just spent so much time talking about Michael's greatness, like from the scene yeah. with Henry all the way over here. And then it's like, yeah, but like, you know, maybe he wasn't that great because he died. Like, it's basically <laughs> yeah. what they give us. And I'm just like, oh, wow, that's, kind of fucked up and then pair it's yeah. and like so like her i can understand because she's grieving it's she you know she's like mm-hmm. my brother is dead and she's rationalizing in her head perry is just piling on top he's validating that like perry is like well, yeah yeah you know i hear what you're saying but also we're free so like you did yeah, you did that- good and michael you know that is that is an interesting point. I think like from Perry's perspective, he obviously he sees Kathleen as a leader, but you know, she needs support sometimes too, and that's what he's there for. I think from his perspective, it's like she is a rock solid decision maker and the leader the city needs. She's proven that by defeating Fedra basically single handedly, or at least masterminding their downfall. And right now she's having a moment of doubt. She's kind of doubting her course, you know, she's kind of fallen back on, you know, would Michael wouldn't approve of what I'm doing, but that's why he's kind of making the point like, Michael, your brother inspired us, but you actually led us. So don't forget that, you know, this is all like we have you to thank for our our liberation, basically. So but, yeah, I think to your point that that is kind of like validating this cycle of violent tendencies that she's kind of stuck in and like the the vengeance that she's almost bordering on talking herself out of but they they kind of mutually decide like no no fuck henry he has to die like i don't care what michael would have wanted yeah. it tells like uh, yeah perry your 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 blind loyalty wonder what that's gonna get you uh <laughs> hey so yeah we go back we go back to the tunnels uh you know where we see like the group has made it all the way to the other side without running into any infected so federa guy was right there they cleared it out i guess they checked out. And so, you know, they walk through uh, the suburbs, you know, outside. And Henry says, you know, they don't know where they're they're going to go once they're safe. And Ellie's basically just like, yeah, hey, we're heading to Wyoming. Come with us. And, and you know, Joel, Joel. Yeah, just kind of volunteers that information. And Joel immediately shoots a glare at her. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, don't put these people <laughs> over here. It's like when you're at a when you're at a party, you know, like you're at a party with friends or like a significant other and they know someone you don't know them. And then they invite those people over and leave. <laughs> what are you yeah, doing? Like, oh, no, I don't know yeah. these people. I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> oh, God. It's like. That's exactly what it's know, like. <laughs> calm down. We got to get on out of here. So like, you know, you know, Ellie, but Ellie makes the same joke that she made earlier. Like, he's always like that. Like, um, you know, he's against something. And then she asks a million more times until he warms up to the idea. So we see that there, those two are bonding. <laughs> and she's yeah. also like not taking advantage of him. But she knows how to play Joel like a fiddle. And they're they're getting familiar with each other for sure. Yeah, yeah, and so like that's just a testament to their bonds. Like it's not a bad thing at, at all. Like they are really mm. getting to know each other fast because they have to trust each other. Like they have to yeah. when you have to when you know two people are depending on each other to generally survive. Like you grow to know someone pretty quickly, right? And so Ellie, you know, as Ellie talks, you know, someone fires a gun and it just like mm-hmm. narrowly misses them. And so we can see that there's a gunshot coming from a nearby house, which this is also 
a callback to the game. So fans of the game yeah. just eating good this episode. Absolutely. Just so I I. I... I love this part of the game. It's so much fun. Yeah. Just, I was like, oh shit, we're actually doing this. So, so there's, there's (laughs) someone just shooting from this house. And, you know, as they hide behind the car, I, I loved this scene because Joel is just like, because like Henry and Sam try to run away and then it doesn't work and they run back. And then Joel is just like so serious and is like, yeah, I'll take care of this. And And I was like, it's like they transformed you into video game, Joel. Except you don't. Yeah, he's yeah, he's ready to except go. Except you don't die and respawn like a thousand times <laughs> trying to get through <laughs> through this part. And so, uh, yeah. Joel basically just sneaks around the house to to stop the guy. Sneaks all the way around, uh, goes into the house, walks upstairs, and goes to stop and, and goes to stop the guy. So, um, but when Ellie when Ellie worries about he's he's basically like I'm gonna I'm gonna go do this. This is this is what I'm gonna mm-hmm. do. Stay here. I got this. I got this. Yeah, so Joel here. goes into action mode and then Ellie is like, well, what, you know, I'm kind of concerned about, about this plan. My guy doesn't want to be left behind. I think that's really her thing is like she doesn't want to be left alone. Yeah. Like she doesn't want to be separated. from. Yeah, because this is the person that's, you know, this is her companion. And she's like, and yeah. so Joel's is basically like, do you trust me? And Ellie nods. And then Joel is basically like, all right, time to do it. Let's go. Away I go. Yeah. Springs into action. Uh, he just sort of like goes on a flanking maneuver he knows he knows what to do like obviously the sniper has ellie sam and henry pinned down so he's like i'm gonna go around so he starts like you know dodging and ducking and serpentining his way uh kind of around the side of the house and uh but he's like very nearly catching bullets the entire time these these shots are hitting like inches away from him each time and he i think he remarked he tells ellie like don't worry it's dark out and this guy's got shit aim i'll be fine uh but the shots are coming pretty fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> but he does manage to make his way to the house, gets inside, comes up to the top the top floor where the shots are coming from, and he comes up behind the guy. Turns out it's it's this old man, like this kind of gray, wrinkled guy with a sniper rifle. And Joel gives him the chance. He like, you know, obviously doesn't go out go in guns blazing immediately. He just says, just slide over the gun. You know, just drop it, slide it over. But the guy doesn't drop the gun. He's holding onto it and slowly turning toward Joel as if he's going to try and, you know, make a play, you know, like take one last shot close range. And Joel starts actually like pleading with him, like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't try and shoot me. Don't make me shoot you, basically. Like, that's like what the subtext is. But all he says is just don't do it. And uh, unfortunately, the guy tries it. He tries to take a shot at Joel, but Joel's too quick. Puts him down. He's, uh, yeah, just he's just that much that much quicker on the draw and uh, puts the sniper down. Uh, and so once the sniper is dead, Joel starts hearing uh, you know static from a nearby walkie-talkie, and then we hear Kathleen's voice through the radio. Yeah, I think the she's saying the guy's name. She's saying Anthony, Anthony, like just just hold them where they are. We're almost there. So that's when we realize shit. The guy wasn't trying to kill Ellie, Joel, and Sam and Henry. He was trying to pin them down, just keep them where they were. And Joel has an oh shit moment. Like he turns around and uh, sees some vehicles coming down the road toward toward the others. This is like a game of chess, which is what I really, which I really loved. <laughs> so he got baited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, as uh, Henry and Sam hide, we hear Joel just yell run in the distance mm-hmm. and, and cars come, you know, towards them from down the road. And, 
the they run uh sam henry and ellie just run and joel gets on the sniper and attempts to shoot the car before they can hit ellie you know um and ellie is just like shooting back at them and to, mm-hmm. to no avail but before a truck hits ellie joel shoots the driver which like dead on shot hits the driver lucky shot yeah and uh that truck goes goes crashing into um a nearby house catches on fire and then blows up <laughs> i was like holy shit <laughs> like uh triple a doesn't cover that yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i like damn dude what a shot that's that's insane yeah. and so of course i'm also like hey everybody keep running <laughs> <It's just> not... <laughs> <laughs> you got it you got an opening go right, for like, it like that was a sweet <laughs> yeah. trick shot but but get out of here um so basically um and, you know uh it, it, it catches on fire blows up and then uh so kathleen basically all kathleen's men pull up and they're out of the cars now and uh so Henry and Ellie and, and uh, Sam hide and, you know, uh, Catherine, Kathleen calls out that Henry could save them some time by just coming out. And Henry mm-hmm. replies that, like, he'll come out, but just like, let the kids go, like, let Ellie go, let Sam go. To which Kathleen replies, no deal. Like, she mm-hmm. basically like, like Henry is over here pleading with her, um, you know, that she doesn't understand. And, and Kathleen states that maybe sam was supposed to die and that kids die all the time and uh and does like like henry really think that sam is worth everything like this is hilarious coming from her because this is someone who was just in a previous scene lamenting over their dead brother in their room. So it's like, how can, you know, it's it's yeah. a very, I, I loved this because it just shows so far down like the grief rabbit hole that Kathleen has is gone because like she's, she's spouting bullshit, <laughs> but mm. she believes it to be true. And so like, yeah. You know, Henry tells Ellie to take Sam and get ready to run. And Henry goes out to meet with Kathleen. Yeah, it's like they say, you know, hurt people hurt people. Hurt people. Yep. And so, yeah, Kathleen is kind of like, it, it's on the surface, like what she's saying about, no, I, I can't let Sam live because he's with you. It's got it's a package deal. Like if one of you goes, they both got to go. And it's like, there's it doesn't enter into her equation at all. This is a fucking child yeah. she's talking about. It doesn't matter to her. It's like, um, it's basically, I, I think below the surface, it's my brother died. Why should yours live? Yep. You know, like it's, I'm in such, you know, I'm dead inside. So you should be dead outside and yeah. inside. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it is that just that cycle. It's like, she's just so consumed by vengeance like it's she's not listening to reason at all and so yeah she's facing henry down like the guy that she's been chasing for weeks now just after him like a bloodhound she's getting her gun out and she's like well this is it it ends the way it ends and she's about ready to shoot him but in the background i love the camera work here you kind of just see it like subtly move like some movement in the background the truck that crashed into the house and exploded it slowly (laughs) sinks further into the ground and then we start hearing very uh, telltale shrieking sounds and clicking sounds. And this was such an oh shit moment. Like, oh my God, I'll get to that later. But oh yeah, this was fucking crazy. So after being buried for years, this just swarm of infected start pouring out of the hole in the ground that the, that the car, that the truck has made. And they just envelop all of these Kansas City militia, all of Kathleen's soldiers. And it just... 
hell breaks loose immediately. It's complete bedlam out of nowhere. And so Henry, Sam, and Ellie take this opportunity to get, try and, you know, run for their lives while Joel is kind of covering them from the house. He's, you know, sniping infected that get a little too close to Ellie. He's trying to cover her. And Ellie jumps into a truck to, to hide from the infected. And just when you think it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> it gets a thousand times worse. It gets way worse <laughs> because a hulking behemoth shape crawls out of the ground. And of course, we as the gamers, we, we know it's a bloater. This this is a goddamn bloater. But I think the television show characters, none of them have seen this before. Like this is, uh, I think, for Joel at least, because I, I, we you know we talked about it earlier uh in, in episode two, he and Tess seem like they, they don't know what a bloater yeah. is because Ellie describes one, but they kind of laugh it off like, yeah, right, whatever, that doesn't exist. So as far as we know, this is an entirely like previously unknown form of infected that the Kansas City mob is now faced with. And so this bloater uh, just kind of makes its way out of the hole. He's, it's kind of waddling out into the street and just like just ragdolling dudes like just backhanding and punching people away and um perry sees this thing and of course like we know he's hard as nails he's he's a cold motherfucker but like even he's like okay this is this is really this this whole situation is pear-shaped now we, <laughs> we gotta, done fucked up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah this shit has gone sideways he tells kathleen to run for it he's like just, just get out of here i'll cover you and so he starts he turns around starts spraying he's just hosing this thing down with bullets just pouring his rifle into the bloater but it it has like no effect the bloater just doesn't stop coming just walks right up grabs perry and literally just rips his head yeah. off just just head off entirely perry. which was yeah r.i.p perry a legend gone too soon they, they, <laughs> they got it and i loved how it was in the video game fashion too. hit him with that yeah it was like the same headlock sort of animation it was amazing dude just rips so like yeah like i i would be like bro was henry worth this fuck <laughs> no, i don't know about that yeah dude just slamming thing like it's like one the horde is already bad enough but the yeah. damn bloater just starts incredible hulking people i'd be like how does this even make sense yeah that's icing on the cake like you were fucked now you're mega yeah fucked. <laughs> the bloater bullet they, bullet they doing shit you need Molotovs for that. Well, that's uh, that's what we learn in the game. You got to set that thing on yeah. fire, then shoot. Yeah, it. you can't. Yeah. yeah, you just can't go in guns a blazing. Ask Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Perry. <laughs> and so we go. We go from the bloater massacre mm -hmm. to back in the truck where an infected child makes its way. It was an inf a kid clicker, by the way. A, a kid clicker. This was so messed up, yeah. dude. That blew my mind. Because I was like, oh, God, yeah, I'll get into this later. But, yes, yeah, so a fucking kid clicker makes its <laughs> way into the truck, and it's just flipping around. It's like it's like a, with the slinkies from the 90s. <laughs> it is like a slinky, <laughs> yeah. Just, I was just like, what the, who the fuck thought this up? This is mad creepy. Like, <laughs> I, like I was like, this is the single most terrible thing I've ever seen. And yeah, next level. And so like, it's just like slinking its way over to Ellie. And, you know, Ellie mm -hmm. gets the, the fuck out of there and um, yeah. tries to head over to where, like, she heads over to where Henry and Sam are and they're under a car and they're, they're fighting off infected. And uh, like Joel has just got the scope on Ellie the whole time and is protecting her mm -hmm. with the sniper rifle while she's like running to them. And, uh, you know, you hear them like you hear Henry yelling, like, get off. And like they're kicking away at the infected. And uh, she stabs an, an infected that was like getting close to um, Henry and Sam and gets them out of that situation. But like mm -hmm. 
right before they get to safety. Good old Kathleen finds them and holds them at gunpoint. Like there's World War Three going on in the background. <laughs> I know. You'd think her priorities would be different now, but nope. But, yeah, here's Kathleen like hands in the sky. I'm like, what the hell? Like, girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> Turn around. Right, right. Like, we all got to get out of here. You trying to come with us? <laughs> like, like, this is no one that no one's winning here. But like she holds them up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she gives them their spiel about she's not going to let them go and blah, 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 revenge. But, you know, they're like, hey, look out, Kathleen. And um, mm. the kid clicker sneaks up behind her and jumps at her. And yeah. uh, just basically just rips her to, to shreds. Like, it's just it's yeah. absolutely terrible. Like somebody was like, get a video of a child throwing a tantrum and we're just going to edit over it and make it like the child's <laughs> killing somebody. And it was absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Pint sized killer right there. And so while the kid is ripping her apart, everybody just gets away. I'm sorry, yeah. Kathleen. Book it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you got to take, <laughs> take advantage of an opportunity when it pops up. <laughs> that's right and so then the, then the yeah they, they kind of get out and reunite somewhere that's like not this place they put enough distance away from them uh, yeah they, they they get enough distance from the uh the swarm of infected uh which actually i think there's a there's a shot at the end of the scene it's kind of like a uh like a wide shot it's panning out it's kind of aerial and you see just just a wave like an ocean of infected are just kind of pouring through the street toward the city center where the where the quarantine zone is that's just that's a dire situation right there. Like the militia's wiped out, its leaders are dead, and the infected are they it's like without number. Oh, yeah. Thousands probably. It's it's ridiculous. They're about to eat the scraps, so they're <laughs> <laughs> about to get the scraps, so it's Yeah, they uh they they've they've been underground for two decades and they are hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so like Kansas had a good ten days. <laughs> Ripped Kansas. <laughs> yeah, between yeah, between the Fedra oppression and the swarm of infected, they had a nice week and a half of uh, just, <laughs> freedom. Yeah, just chilling for them ten days. Those ten days were sweet, you know. <laughs> and then they weren't. <laughs> then they weren't. But luckily for our our quartet of uh, characters, Joel, Ellie, Sam, and Henry make it to safety at a uh, hotel down the road, probably just outside the suburb. And uh, they're, they're resting, catching their breath, close call there. And Joel and Henry are, you know, talking in the main room. They're just sort of just, you know, chatting and getting their strength back. And Joel mentions to, to Henry that he doesn't know, he doesn't have a plan for how exactly they're going to get to Wyoming. But Henry and Sam are welcome to come with he and Ellie on the trip. So it's like, this was big, I think. This is a big moment for Joel to, yeah. like, trust a stranger uh, and just open up the possibility of like, yeah, like we can, we can be a group. It won't be just me and cargo anymore. It'll be the four of yeah. us. And, uh, Henry agrees. He's like, yeah, that sounds good, man. Uh, I, I think, you know, Sam already has a friend. It's good for him to have a friend. And, uh, I'll tell him in the morning that we're coming with you. And, uh, he says something that's so powerful and so, so sad in the context of what happens is just, he says it's going to be a new day, new start. Yep. And he's just like so visibly like shaken up, like while they're talking, like before yeah. we go from the beginning of there in the suburbs and he's like, it's probably best we just kind of go our separate ways into. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I'll definitely like he comes, comes with him. He's like, hey, we can go to Wyoming. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, he's like realizing I better stick with Joel if I want to survive. Like this guy knows what he's doing. And 
it's I, I I think there's like nerves from the situation they just survived, but also there's some relief in there. Yeah. Like Henry's relieved, like okay, this we might have friends we can rely on now. Like they've we've been on our own for so long. Yeah. That yeah. And so you know they go yeah Henry closes that door and uh, you know tells him to go to bed, but instead of going to bed because come on it's Ellie. She's bad, <laughs> bad kid. <Right. laughs> Ellie and Sam, uh, you know, Ellie and Sam like read the comic book together. Um, but using his magic slate, like Sam asks Ellie if she's ever scared, which is this is like straight from the game. But um, yeah. Sam says that she, you know, she never looks scared. And Ellie like replies that she's scared all the time. And then, of course, she gets super defensive and is like of scorpions. And just yeah, deflecting with humor. Yeah, because yep. that is you know what what else can you do in this world? And then yeah. so like, but then like you know she gives a, a serious answer because like she's getting this look from Sam that's like come on, and yeah. um, you know she says she's scared of ending up alone, which we get a good glimpse at in this episode. She is very scared of of, yeah. of ending up alone, and yeah. when Ellie asks Sam, you know like what is Sam scared of? He replies, if you turn into a monster, is it still you inside? Which another yeah, another pull directly from the yeah. game. Yeah. And like that is yeah. that is a good question because we don't know, you know? We don't know. Yeah. And so like yeah. after you know, after asking this, Sam shows Ellie that like he was bitten on the leg during that struggle. Ugh. And it's just this. It's a sink. It's a sink. You get the sinking feeling, and and yeah. like the way they portray it here is even better than what they do in the game because like Ellie is you know also reveals that she is has been infected, but like mm-hmm. that she's immune, and she tells him that her blood is medicine because yeah. uh, you know Ellie doesn't know how this works. She just knows that she can't get infected, and that you know she's going to the fireflies, and there's probably some cure with her blood, et cetera, or something, and so. She cuts her hand and then rubs her blood into Sam's wound, hoping that, um, you know, like hoping this might do the trick. Like she's just like, hey, I'm going to just do this. And, you know, it's like Sam or uh, Ellie really wants to help. Like they have a great friendship. She really wants to help. Like she is totally vulnerable. She's like, we're going to get through this together. I'm going to I'm going to do this for you. And so Ellie, um, Sam asks Ellie to stay awake with him and she promises uh, that you know that he's gonna be okay, and that they hug, and they hug, and it's like it's so sad and and cute. It's dark and cute. Yeah, yeah, dark and cute. There it is. Yeah, I, I there's it's it's a bit of a debatable thing about like the whole is there consciousness in the infected left? I, I guess like we it's it's we don't have clear answers, but I think some of the game material tells us that the recently infected, like the runners, I think there's some indication that. The people who are runners who are recently infected, they kind of still have consciousness in the back of their minds, but they're basically in a cage, like they're they're like prisoners in their own body when the fungus takes over. But I think by the time they get to a clicker level, their their higher reasoning is completely gone. Yeah. Like there's nothing there's nothing left of the person who was infected at that point. But so it's it's kind of like hard to say. I mean, the fact that yeah, a, a recently infected a runner like. They can't respond to you. They can't talk to you anymore. It's it's like, it's it's weird. It's like a vegetative state almost. But that's, I think that's above you know Ellie's pay grade to uh, to know or understand. And you know, obviously Sam wouldn't understand that. So yeah, it's like 
that's a very legitimate fear. Like, what if I turn in one of those things? Like, does, is that the same as dying? Do I know what I am? Like, do I remember who I was? It's, it's a terrifying thing for an adult to ponder, let alone a child who knows he's now sick and might turn, uh, it could turn soon. So yeah, this was, yeah, my heart was dropping into my stomach already at this part. And then we get to the next morning. Uh, Ellie has dozed off in the chair. She's sitting in the chair next to Sam's bed, trying to stay awake all night with him. But she's, you know, she's finally waking up and sees that Sam is sitting on the edge of the bed, looking out the window. And when Ellie goes up to him, he turns around and snarls and is twitching when she's, when he sees her and he has turned. It's tragic. Sam immediately tackles Ellie and they're like kind of tumbling into the next room where Joel and Henry are sleeping and she's trying to fight Sam off as best she can. And Joel realizes what's happening. He gra- he goes for his gun, but Henry actually gets to it first. Henry gets the revolver and uh, actually shoots a warning shot at Joel, like, stay back. And it's a tense situation. Sam is like getting, you know, getting close to biting Ellie's face off. And it's, it's the heat of the moment overcomes Henry and he shoots Sam off Ellie, just kind of acting on instinct, shoots his brother. But then moments later, he realizes what he just did. He has killed his little brother, the one person he's been fighting like hell and sacrificing uh, to protect this entire time. And he, he cries, he breaks down, he's despairing. He aims the gun at Joel, just kind of like, not really knowing what to do. And he keeps asking himself, what did I do? What did I do? It's hard to watch. It's a, it's a man completely breaking down. It's like, he's losing his sanity at at what he's just done. And Joel tries to talk him down. Like just put the gun down. Just let's, you know, Henry don't, don't do anything crazy. And, but unfortunately Henry puts the gun to his temple and pulls the trigger. And there's just a shocked, stunned silence after where Joel and Ellie are just, just rocked by what they just saw. Yeah, it's never gets easy. Like, yeah, played this game. It's it's yeah. This is always like just the the worst part of this this game. And and God punch. And and this show did did it. Yeah. And so we go outside of the hotel um, where Joel, uh, you know, he dug two graves uh, for the brothers and. I know they buried him and Ellie leaves Sam's magic slate on, on his grave. Mm. And, uh, you know, Ellie asks Joel, which way is West? Just like very, like she wants to uh, appear calm and collected, but this, this child's innocence is gone. Like all she has seen is death. Like this is what the, I mean, this is essentially like what the fifth fifth people first being like fourth and fifth person that she's seen die because it was Tess and then Bill and Frank were you know died I mean they she didn't have a connection with them but Bill and Frank died in in the house that they went to when they were looking for them and then now these two died um so it's just it's just been a lot of death and she's been pushed trying to push it down but she's not Joel Mm -hmm. and so she's just like which way is west and um she starts walking and yeah. Joel Joel sees that she's written I'm sorry on Sam's slate. And like, you know, from a distance, she calls Joel saying, like, let's go. And um because you got she tried to save him. She tried to save Sam. So like this is yeah. she's crushed. And um, you know, they, yeah. they leave behind 
the pain and the friends they met in Texas and not, not Texas, Jesus in Kansas city. Like they just basically have to attempt to bury yeah. it all with Sam and Henry. Yeah. They have to close the door on what they just went through and put it behind them, but it's not that easy. A new. This scene, it was like they were both in a trance, like they were sleepwalking through the motions of, I guess we just got to hit the road again. Yeah. You know, it's such a, you can try and be stoic about that kind of thing, but the pain goes so yeah. deep. And it's yeah. like when you're unfortunately in the situation they're in, you have to pick up the pieces and, and move. That's right. Well, this concludes our synopsis of The Last of Us Episode 5, Endure and Survive. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. And yeah, we've broken down the events of Episode 5 of The Last of Us on HBO the episode endure and survive. Yeah. I, there's a lot, I, there's a lot to like about this episode, but it also hurt me so much that I want to hate it. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, yeah, I think you mentioned this earlier, but like, I, I definitely feel like it never gets any easier to experience this part of the last of a story, whether I'm playing it or watching it. Cause I've played the game several times now. I'm actually replaying the uh, part one kind of remake right now, which is really good. I'm like, I'm almost paralleling it. I'm kind of like playing it at like almost the same pace that I'm watching the show, which has been fun. But yeah, no matter how many times I play this part of the game, it still hits hard every single time. It hits me right in the heart, right in the gut. And um, the adaptation, though, did such a such justice to this leg of the tail, like this brief, tragic sort of big, like, you know, section of the store of the broader story. And gave Henry and Sam's story a completely new dimension. This whole thing was just masterful TV. Like it really was it, it, it watching it tore me apart, but that's, I think that's the intention. Like it, it wants you to really, really shake you and like give you something to remember and, you know, think about it's, it's sad that Henry and Sam couldn't have the same kind of poetically satisfying ending that Bill and Frank did. And even arguably Tess kind of got that too. Cause it, in contrast, Sam and Henry, like they fought so hard yeah, for only a brief taste of hope and freedom. Um, and I, I, for me, I guess the consolation I kind of give myself is that at the end, they at least experienced some true companionship. You know, they yeah. made friends, they relied on strangers, they survived their situation at least, you know, temporarily. And at the very least, if nothing else, they were with friends when they left the world together. They, you know, didn't, they didn't die alone and terrified at the hands of raving infected or vengeful militants. You know, they were, they were with companions who, you know, they had not that much time with, but they, they had come to care about these other people they, you know, sort of fell in with. So there's, I I guess I try to look for a silver lining, this kind of thing, but you know, the, the thematic elements of what's happened here, they're all pretty tragic, but they're important to the broader story, I think. Oh yeah. No, 100%. I also echo... I have been playing playing the remake. I am just mm-hmm. past this part, like yeah. literally the next the next part. So like, yeah. Every time I play The Last of Us, this is my stopping point. <laughs> like yeah. I have to take a break. Like it, it, yeah. it, it's it like hits me really deep. I can never I can never see this scene and just be like, well, I know it's about to happen because like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was I knew it was about to happen and I just groaned. Yeah. Yeah, dude, the the break the taking breaks thing is so real, especially when I was playing through part two. Yeah. Which I you know we'll we'll get to eventually. But like when I was playing the sequel, 
I was really feeling like I got to stop here. Like I'm going to come back in a couple of days. Like, so I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, you got to give yourself that emotional break. Cause like it's, yeah. it's, this is, this is tough. Um, you know, and, and definitely, um, you know, to that point, shout out to, you know, Neil and Craig and the, the mm-hmm. whole team and, and, um, you know, Lamar Johnson is Henry and, uh, Kevon Witter. That was Sam. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they basically like, they did an excellent job of like giving more life to these characters. And yeah. I, I do like that they did use a deaf actor for Sam. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like I, I thought it was great. I thought they, they, uh, cause they had like the whole behind the scenes thing and the ASL director and, uh, you know, the character that played the person that played Sam he um they taught like the whole cast and crew asl like even um i think even uh lamar johnson was like yeah i didn't know asl at all before this at like i didn't know at all so they they taught him and he was the one you know the one person that was doing it so like that was like really really fucking awesome and the decision to make sam deaf was actually really good because they they were saying like neil Druckmann was saying i think it was like craig mazin that that brought up this idea or it was one of the writers or it was Craig or someone brought this idea because they were like, Sam should be deaf because it adds this extra layer of reasoning or why like Sam would Sam and Henry would be so dependent. Like Sam would be so dependent on Henry because like there aren't too many people in this time, you know, obviously collapse of society that would actually know ASL. So like they have, they only they can only communicate with each other really and like sam relies on henry to know what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. so like sam is dependent on henry to understand what is happening and so i was like that and and like neil Druckmann was like when i heard that idea i was like damn i should have put that in the game that should have been in the game and like so i was like i think it was it was a very it it was i thought it was super powerful that they that they did that and um it added this like extra layer to these these two brothers that we we all knew that they were they were super dependent on each other like mm. but yeah it was it was it's just honestly like that was a a great um change from the game to the show and i think that these characters were executed masterfully because yeah god i knew what was gonna happen and i <sighs> fucking hated it the whole time i know i i i do agree that that was a really interesting change you know making well, I think, you know, Sam being a deaf character in the show, I thought was a really good way to, yeah, like you said, add dimension to that character, but also his relationship with Henry, like as, as a pair, like they have that bond and that really sets them apart. I, I also found it interesting. They made Sam younger. Like Sam is like uh, eight years old in the show, whereas in the game, I think he's closer to Ellie's age. He's like 12, 13, you know, in that neighborhood. And, um, you know, that was, you know, just another way to, you know, kind of set him apart. Like, I, 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 what I liked about that was that in the game, uh, you know, the game version of Sam, he does have that little brother vibe when he's interacting with Ellie. Like he and Ellie kind of like have that, you know, immediate spark of friendship. Like, oh, hey, you're close to my age, and it's another kid. You know, it's great to meet another kid. And Sam is like slightly younger, so he has that little brother vibe with Ellie. But the show really leaned into that, where Ellie immediately was like, oh yeah, show me your, you know, show me your comic books. Let's play. Like. She, I, I find this so fascinating. I love this because that's real. That's really authentic. Like if you in real life see, uh, you know, a preteen, like a 14-year-old like Ellie, meet uh, an eight-year-old kid. And, you know, if they're, you know, friendly and in the mood to like be friends, like then you'll see that moment of, hey, show me your toys. Let's, let's you know, have a good time. And uh, I think that really played up that big sister 
uh, a moment for Ellie, which was really fun to see. So no, these were all just like nice little touches and nuances that just brought the characters to life even more when they come to the live action screen. So yeah, I love that dynamic. The one thing I found interesting and kind of like I was curious about this is that when Sam reveals his bite mark to Ellie at the end, um, he didn't do that in the game. Like in the game, he kind of hides it, keeps it to himself. Um, and when Ellie tries to heal him with her medicine blood, it's like I I, I was like I had two interpretations. I was like I wasn't sure which I thought was that uh, one one theory was that she genuinely thought it was going to help. Like she genuinely thought if I do this, maybe he won't turn. And like she actually bought that. But the other is that maybe she knew it was hopeless, but she was trying to make Sam feel better, like trying to like make him less scared. I wasn't sure which kind of theory I really bought when that scene was happening. Um, I just kind of like either way, I was still surprised that this version of the events playing out like Ellie didn't go and alert Henry and Joel that she knew Sam was bitten because like, yeah, in the game, she couldn't tell them because she didn't know. But here it's like she kind of keeps the secret with Sam and thinks like, oh, maybe I've healed him. Uh, so I, I guess but where I conclude with those thoughts is that I think in the show, Ellie, I have to, it's we have to remember Ellie isn't an adult yeah. like she's not a fully mature human being. We can't always expect her to make adult decisions like I think like rationally, objectively, if a child told me they were infected, I would probably have to go tell his older brother like, hey, you need to see this like. Like, we should all be aware of it as a group so that we can all prepare for it. But again, Ellie's 14. Like, maybe she genuinely did think, oh, maybe I cured him. Maybe he won't turn and I will, you know, stay up with him and it's going to be fine. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, when it was playing out, I had questions. I was like, does this really make sense? But at looking back on it, like, no, I think it was, that was like, I think the story that needed to be told. Like, I feel fine about it at the end. Like, I always do with this show so far. So. And I, I think that for that, like, I've got thoughts on that. I uh, mm-hmm. can't tell all of them because it is uh, it, go, it, it goes into spoiler territory. Sure. But I do think it was, um, I think it was more like leaning towards like, like, try and see. But also, yeah. like, I think that this, I you know, I don't totally understand how this could work because like. Mm-hmm. there's long shot there's like yeah there there, there are much more like i i get why she did it i just like yeah. can't talk about it <laughs> no i get that because I, no, I get that i want to i want to protect everybody from spoilers especially people that have never played the video games mm-hmm. um we'll get there eventually yes yeah, yeah. so there'll probably be i mean there'll definitely be an episode in this season that uh we can probably like come back to this conversation sure yeah um but no, yeah, like that, that was, it was just like hard because like, what can I, what I can't say is like, it's just like, you're just trying your, she's trying her damnedest to help mm-hmm. this kid that she has such a connection with. And yeah. like, yeah, like it just doesn't do anything. And like, he unfortunately doesn't work. You know? Yeah. And so like, how do you go from like, you know, how do you, how do you rationalize in your head being this special person, but you can't do anything? You know, like you're supposed to be the the uh, savior of mankind because uh, you have this this, you know, special trait. But like then here's this person that needs your help and you can't save them. So it's like, yeah, I'm supposed to save mankind. But how can I do that when I can't even save a single person in front of me? And like that's something that I feel like Ellie has time and time again come back to. Yeah, I think you're right. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, a uh, it's an interest. It's uh, honestly, I loved that they did this. 
I do love that extra detail that they did this because like it does make her seem more uh, like more makes her more vulnerable and makes her feel more human to me. I think you're right. Yeah, I agree. And then I, I loved I love that you can draw these parallels between like, you know, Kathleen and, and Henry in the episode. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of mm-hmm. my favorite parts is just like uh, how you could, you know, like they were basically essentially doing the same thing, like um, mirror images of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like you think about it, like Kathleen's older brother was probably more akin to Henry and Kathleen was probably more akin to Sam. And, and like, you know, Kathleen's like brother kept her safe and, you know, protected mm-hmm. her. And only thing he wanted from her in the be in the end was to forgive Henry. And I believe he wanted that forgiveness because like he could understand the sacrifice that Henry made and where it came yeah. from. It didn't matter right or wrong. Yeah. Like and that is that I think is where there's this this divergence between the two is Kathleen looks at it through the, the lens of is it right or is it wrong? You know, mm-hmm. like. Because in Kathleen's eyes, Henry is wrong. And by killing Henry, I am getting revenge for my brother who was Mm -hmm. wrong. And so I'm the right person, even though she has to skate over the fact and deal with the fact. So she's trying to deal with it in that bedroom. But Perry kind of talks her off the, the, the ledge. She has to deal with the fact that, like, is she right? Because her brother has forgiven Henry and he was the person who was wrong. And so, like, that's why I liked that scene, because the only thing that they could do was say, oh, well, he's dead, so it doesn't matter. But you're right. but in the same respect, she's doing all of this stuff in his name and hunting this dude and his brother relentlessly. Because mm-hmm. if it didn't matter and his her brother was dead and they got what they wanted, they could just who gives a fuck? It's just let a, him leave. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like like that, like I, I just I loved I loved that because like you could tell like her brother was like I would his her brother would, would probably have said I would have done the same for you if there was a person in this group had it been Henry Sam Perry I had to trade it for medicine for you I would have done it in a second mm-hmm. and like you know I mean I mean the hope is, the, the hope is that you're just okay it doesn't matter what people accept like that's the thing when you're yeah. when your sole focus is just to protect someone and keep someone safe it doesn't matter what the rest of the world feels about it and like you know Henry, in the same respect, like when Henry was ready to die, like he was ready to sacrifice himself so that Sam could survive and so that Ellie could survive. Mm-hmm. Like he was doing the same thing. It was like, it doesn't matter, you know, how Sam feels about this situation. It matters that Sam is safe. Yeah. Sam wouldn't have left him, but he was like, get him out of here. Like, get him out of here. I'll hold him off. I'll make the sacrifice. That's fine. I just want him to be okay. And so, like, that's why when you know, things go the opposite direction and he ends up having to kill Sam. Like it just completely shatters his shatters him to the core. Cause like, you know, he loses this one thing, this, this, this one person that he's done so many things to protect right or wrong. Like Sam was his world. Like his duty in life was to keep Sam safe. Like he made this, you know, he put, he put him, uh, put a point at a gun at Joel and Ellie keep Sam safe. He, you know, probably robbed a food storage thing and and escaped. Keep Mm -hmm. Sam safe. Like he's done all of this stuff. Like he went into a a potentially infected tunnel. Yeah. So like in the end where he is the person that has to kill his brother, um, it goes back to the scene earlier where he was like, I'm a bad person. Tell me I'm a bad person. 
Like he really wanted Joel to just be like, you're a terrible person. The decision you made was wrong because it justifies that this like sort of negativity that he has in his head that um, he maybe he wasn't right with what he did when in fact there's no right or wrong. So like when it goes down to this part and he, he has to kill his brother, he's like, mm-hmm. um, what have I done? He's like he rationalizes that 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 negativity in his head. It's like, I've done this terrible thing. I've killed my brother when your brother was technically already dead, you know, yeah. for 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 like better or for worse. Your brother was dead and it wasn't your fault. Yeah. So that makes that scene. So that's super sad. But I, I, I just yeah. like I like watching that. I was like, damn, this is like fantastic writing. It's yeah, I think, you know. You don't want to necessarily throw everything all the way back to Greek tragedies, but I think there are always going to be some parallels. Like there's always going to be some through line. Like there's, you know, it's it's an ironic tragedy. It's like oh, you you've done so much, you've you've made yourself into someone you you don't even really like anymore, all for the sake of keeping your brother safe, and it ended up not mattering because oh god, it, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard to watch, but I, I think he had a great point with like this kind of mirroring of two brothers and a brother and sister, and you know these family ties that drive us to do things we didn't think were we were capable of before. Right. Uh, I, I just think it was such a great decision to like take these characters, Henry and Sam, who in the game were just passing through. They were just like just like Joel and Ellie, just trying to get from one side of the city to the other. They weren't connected to that city. Um, I'm really really glad they like they raised the stakes yeah. and gave Henry and Sam like some real buy-in to what's going on here. Yeah. And, you know, by doing that, they shed more light on, you know, Kathleen's whole thing and Henry's whole thing that, but that all sheds light on what everyone's been through before the show introduced us to them. And Henry and Sam got a much more plot heavy role to play. Yep. And just, it all made the Kansas city chapter that much more memorable yeah. as a result. Uh, I think ever since playing the Pittsburgh part of the game, I'd always wanted to see more of who are these insurgents who uh, overthrew Fedra and then became monsters themselves. Yeah. And these last two episodes have really delivered exactly what I wanted to see was like, you know, what does it look like when people are oppressed and then become oppressors themselves? Yeah. And it leaves me with like an interesting question. I always wondered, I started wondering after this episode, like, what if Michael wasn't turned into Fedra? What if Fedra never caught him, killed him? What if he and Kathleen, maybe like as co-leaders, they were successful in getting rid of Fedra, freeing Kansas City? Would the militia take over the city and maybe become like with Michael's influence, maybe become a more compassionate community? Maybe not one that's so geared toward warfare and violence. Like I think with Kathleen and Perry in charge, you have a society basically that just came out of warfare mode, like just came out of a war and you know, they are in revenge mode. Like anyone who helped our enemy is now our new enemy. And anyone who just kind of wanders through town at the wrong place, wrong time, they all got to go. They all got to die. Yeah. Like it just, what if things were just a little bit different and the revolution had been handled just a little bit differently. And, you know, you had Fedra replaced with a benevolent civilian government, which is exactly what fireflies want. They want like the martial law overthrown and just people to make their own decisions again. So like, yeah, you know, there's there's political angles to this. There's, you know, that revolutionary theory of we are the oppressed people. We cannot wait until we kill you and become the oppressors ourselves. It's like, yeah, yeah no, it's it's always fascinating to me. I'm, I'm really glad that they kind of gave those questions 
the time and the the space on stage that they needed and just made these characters that much more involved with what was actually happening in the setting so because because part of me feels like they would you know there's always the part of me that's like okay yeah how that happen it would be like michael would show compassion there wouldn't be like these lynchings and beatings in the streets and stuff and like yeah. the the rounding up of the collaborators, I really honestly think that he would have just forgiven everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I also kind of wonder, like, if Kathleen, like, you know, if, if it's like Kathleen's mother is still around, mm -hmm. but if her brother dying, that's a single family member, which like, I don't want to put a value on anyone's family members because family is family, but it's like, yeah. you know, you have one person that dies and it drives you into like this much darkness like mm -hmm. i almost wonder too if there would would still have kind of gone down the same route but maybe a like a, a there would have been a period a longer period of everything being okay i do know yeah. one thing though we wouldn't have killed a damn doctor bad move yeah. <laughs> bad move and and threatened to kill an eight-year-old deaf kid like yeah just like yeah, yeah. so like there would have been it's like i i do think like there's that there's that timeline where it's like okay maybe yeah, they wouldn't have just flipped the switch because like with Kathleen in, involved, nothing mattered. No one cared that a doctor died uh, and no one cared that after the revolution, they immediately had to go hunt a guy and his brother. Like mm -hmm. we can't rebuild. We can't do anything. Yep. We can't secure the city like we can't establish yep. a normal life. We're just an army at the, you know, yep. the control of someone who is grieving. Yeah, it's like we've we've defeated our main foe. So now we're just going to be pointed toward whatever foe our leader just like it's 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 shapeless anger that has nowhere to go except where Kathleen wants it to go. Right. And that's that's tragedy because it could be the situation could be so much better if it had been justified, you know, on some level, at least uh, anger toward Fedra that was then repurposed for really anything else, like something productive, something, you know, society building like, oh, let's uh Let's plant some crops and set up some rain collectors. Like, let's go about the business of actually making a livable place now instead of no. Let's. How about we ambush tourists and <laughs> lynch collaborators? Like, it's it's tragic because like you know just a few different decisions could uh, prevent so much pain, so much heartbreak. They could have put those resources towards dealing with the infected in the damn hole. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah the the uh the ocean of bloodthirsty monsters below our feet the fungus that wants to eat us uh, right below yeah, it's us like, i think we probably should be fighting that let's let's get into the security of really? the quarantine yeah. zone and figure out how to fuck up these goddamn uh infected but nope we're hunting we've got a common enemy people come on we're, yeah. we're hunting kids <laughs> yeah you know that's it yeah, yeah we're gonna yeah, we're gonna hunt kids instead yeah, yeah. I, I choose kids i'm like oh that's that's weird but okay man god you know yeah like i also think like this episode did a good job of like reminding you that like infected has just like this like kind of label that removes someone's yeah. someone's humanity because like right after that infected horde attacks like um you know like like um you know, we get this we get this scene where there's just this infected horde and it's crazy and everyone's just like mow them down. And even mm. there's a kid there. There's a kid slinking about ripping people to shreds and we're still just like yep. mow it down. It's just a kid. You know, it's, it's an infected. Uh, you know, like when you play the game, for the most part, you just you don't know who these people are like you. It's just hey, this yeah. person that's been infected for a bit. Take them out. Yeah. It's, it's them or me like you're always in survival mode. You know, and it's and, and so like uh, and you compartmentalize killing 
killing these infected people because like, mm-hmm. like in the first episode ellie or like the second episode ellie asked joel hey is it ever hard to kill these people you know these things knowing that they were people once and joel's just kind of mm-hmm. like sometimes but it's kind of just like meh you know like if i killed yeah. somebody I don't know. Like, it's it's not going to be like, like I'm not going to be so nonchalant about, yeah, I killed a guy. It's OK. It's like, yeah, I have it's like the war tactic. Um, uh, Dehumanizing the enemy. Yeah. So because because yeah. then you don't have to deal with the uh, the trauma of killing another person. Right. And, you know, like I feel like, you know, from Joel's perspective, you know, from anyone's perspective who lives through the Cordyceps outbreak, like they're going to they're going to be they're going to have a pretty easy time rationalizing. Yeah. That person isn't like available to be reasoned with anymore yeah. like a human being that you could feel like you could theoretically talk down and like you know resolve the situation without violence killing them is one thing because like you have that back in your mind like oh, i didn't need to do that maybe yeah. but with the fact that it's like no some usually you need to or you'll die so it's like yeah there there's that but there there is still that question of like who were they before you know what what memories did i just erase you know and and it's, and it's like it's it gets even worse when it's like like how henry had to kill sam yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. to him, it's like, that's not infected. That's my little brother. And so it's like, right, you, I right. think about like how many people were in that same position and then how many yeah. people couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, cause like, that's what I think after, you know, we go for this thing, it's like mow down the infected to like, like, cause, cause you know, they, Ellie stabbed a person in the head and they didn't care. And like they, they, you know, everyone went on their way and then it was Sam and it was like, this is my brother. So like, it, it does do yeah. a good job of reminding you that like, you know, these were people once like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to have to survive in this world. You're going to have to mow yeah. these things down. Like there's there's yeah. no there's nothing that you can do other than that. Like there's no cure. Right. There's there's nothing. And and like, you know, obviously like a bloater and, and shit is it's going on it's coming around, ripping people to shreds like. But it is like that is kind of like um, it, it makes you think about like. Yeah, people are are kind of desensitized to it because it's like you have to survive in this world. But then it's like, yeah. how many people have been in the same position as, as Henry, yeah. who like now because of that, like, you know, like aren't aren't desensitized to that. Yeah, it's you you know, for a fact, like it's got to be a fact that like at the beginning, like when the first when the outbreak first happened, like, you know, so many people had loved ones, uh, friends who were infected and were turning, but they didn't realize what was happening. And like. You know, I'm not gonna kill my, you know, husband, wife, whatever. Like, it, so yeah, no, and I'm sure it doesn't get any easier. Like, like you said, yeah, just every infected person you put down in the game that you throw a brick at and then <laughs> strangle to death or whatever. And like, every single one you do that to, like, that was that was a special person to someone at some point. Yeah, and yeah, it's like the, this. This episode was important for that uh, idea. Speaking of infected, man. I one last thing I'll say is that that swarm attack at the end, like the the finale, the set piece at the end of this episode, caught me so off guard. I didn't see that coming really. I I knew that I was pretty sure the bloater was going to show up here somehow, but like I was, I didn't see the swarm coming. Yeah, so, that was yeah, that was a certified oh shit moment. Like I was like, what? My <laughs> so, my favorite part about that was like as they're running out of the hole, one of them falls mm-hmm. and then just gets stomped on by the others as they keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a feeding frenzy, man. It, like it's, it's, it was a thrilling sequence. Really fun to watch. Really exciting. Yeah, that was, yeah, man. RIP to, uh, our boy Perry. We, we love Perry here. Rick Perry. Uh, 
rip Kathleen too, I guess, but I don't really care if she rests in peace or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was ironic she got killed by a kid after being like, kid, That's true. kids die. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. That's a good point. So yeah, we got we got Perry and Kathleen, the uh, the ringleaders of the Kansas City militia. One of them going out like a real one, you know, guns blazing, and the other dying like a Karen with a gun. Yeah, that's hate, that's how hate, it feels to me. Hating kids, and then <laughs> this is what you get for hating kids. <laughs> it's like kids die all the yeah. time. Like there's an infected kid right there. Run, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> this one's gonna make you die. Right, I'm, I'm actually still alive. <laughs> Jesus. But no, like, yeah, that that is that is just like that is kind of ironic. It's like after that, you just like yeah. you're going to kill a kid. You didn't care about any kids. It went from just hating Sam to hating all kids and then getting killed by a kid. <laughs> like what a what a way to go out. Yeah. Wow. And so I think that brings us to our last bit of burning questions for this episode. Can tackle a couple of these. I think my big question is like, and I know we'll get an answer to this, but it's like, I wonder what effects this will have on Ellie. Like, yeah. like we mentioned, like we talked about, you know, she tried to heal Sam with her with her blood and it didn't work and she couldn't save Sam or Henry or Tess or mm-hmm. like she hasn't been able to save anybody that she's encountered so far. And it's like, you know, like, I wonder how this is going to this is going to going to shape her because like she's got, like she's obviously blames herself for Sam and Henry and she's trying to bury it. Right. And she's with a guy that is like god of burying his emotions (laughs) yeah the 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 expert at bottling up your emotions yeah yeah he's the (laughs) (laughs) anti-therapist so like i I do wonder i'm like how's that gonna shape her like what has what impact is that gonna have because like like i mentioned how how are you feeling special and and um you know you you've been told you're special but you can't do anything with it yeah it's it, it, it's a it's a kid slow like you know being forced to grow up before her time like growing up too fast and like also struggling with this lack of agency like oh no like people keep dying around me i can't save them and they're dying like for me so that i could maybe save human humankind but it's um yeah no survivor's guilt as we know from playing the game like with survivor's guilt is a big theme and it's one of the biggest struggles that ellie has in her entire arc yeah so yeah, I think we're gonna see that play out, but that's yeah, we'll we'll see in what way that shapes up. And then uh, you know, what happened to uh what happened to Kansas, man? What happened to Super Bowl City? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's gonna happen to KC? Like it's not looking good for yeah. them. You guys are getting uh getting uh see, I like to think that um since they got rid of you know, since Pennsylvania got pushed out of the picture entirely, that this is mm-hmm. just the uh, Philly fans coming back for revenge. <laughs> We've been trapped in the sewers for too long. They're taking the they're taking the city now. The Philadelphia Eagles fans have taken over Kansas City. God damn, the, the Super Bowl tie-ins here. Like, just, just, they're climbing up the light poles and everything. They, <laughs> they're breaking into the QZ. Eating people, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Those Philly fans, man. Yeah, you, you honestly, like, all joking aside, you got, you kind of do have to feel bad for, like, the civilians who sided with the with the militia, with the resistance, and now they're, like, you know, cooped up in the quarantine zone most of their soldiers are dead at this point their leaders are gone and suddenly 
uh, just an ocean of clickers and a bloater, a goddamn bloater show up. Like, what are they going to do? You know, a damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you can do. Yeah, you're gonna get slammed. You're gonna get ragdoll tossed and ripped. <laughs> I hope I hope they have a lot of nail bombs sitting around. That's that's their only hope, really. <laughs> yeah, like I just like just use them all, man, because that thing is coming. <laughs> They're gonna eat. Yeah. Absolutely. I guess another question is, would you conspire to protect the life of a loved one and uh if it meant another person in the community, someone you knew and respected would die? Yeah, that's a big one. That's that's the question that Henry had to grapple with. Like, you know, what's uh, what sacrifice is worth protecting my brother? And, you know, it's one of those things I've thought about this. Like, if I was in his situation, what would I do? And honestly, like, like you said earlier, this is an impossible choice. Yeah. But I feel like one thing I would at least consider is I would at least consider going to Michael and Kathleen as Henry and saying, hey, so Fedra wants me to turn in Michael so they can give you know, give me leukemia medicine for Sam. Like, what should I do? Like, I was like, if those are your friends, if those are your neighbors and you don't want to turn on them, like let them in on it, like see if they can figure something out or some kind of plan. Like maybe you can help them coordinate a raid on the Fedra stockpile and steal the medicine. Like who knows? Like it's, that's an option you need to explore at least. That's, that's, you know, this is like me Monday morning quarterbacking, but like, it's easy for me to say from, you know, from my armchair, but it's like, that it's an impossible choice, but you know you gotta you gotta examine your options in some in a situation like that. I, I do almost just wonder, like I, I wonder, I want to know more about the situation because I wonder yeah. like how he found out that Sam has leukemia and like right and like did they just get him in an emotion like you know they get him in a like a basically box him into a yeah. corner and and like yeah. a moment of 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 really being really emotional about this and trying to figure everything out like they just take advantage of him basically. Yeah, it's it's entirely possible he didn't have the option to like go to anyone else with this. Like it's you know they could have just sweated him out. Like give us a name and we'll give you the meds. You know like something. But like you that. know this is a good question for if you're listening, you get this far, mm-hmm. send us your send us your response. Would you conspire yeah. to protect the life of a loved one if it meant another person in the community that you respected died? I want to know. Yeah, what would you do? If you were, uh, if you were Henry, yeah, would you would you just let someone die, or would you do something about it? Remember, this is an impossible question, but I would like to hear what people have to say. Yeah, so hit me with your best shot, as they say. We want to know. Yeah, so I think the only question I had at the end of this was, uh, I'm just curious. Like, I'm already looking forward to the next episode, and we'll we'll see soon enough. But I'm just like wondering, what are we? What can we expect to see now between uh, between Kansas City and Joel and Ellie's destination in Wyoming? Because in the game, they basically end this chapter still near Pittsburgh, and they have a lot of ground to cover to get to Jackson, Wyoming. And so, like, there's a pretty big skip in the game. And, like, I think in the show, it's not as big of a skip because Kansas City, Missouri is definitely closer to Wyoming than Pittsburgh is. But there's still, like, there's still some ground to cover. And I'm, like, wondering, is it going to cut directly to kind of the next stop on the trip, or are we going to see more of that journey than we did in the game. I'm just like, you know, already looking ahead, already excited. Like, what are they going to show us? What are we going to see? What What's going to be new? What's going to be familiar? You know, a little bit of both. So that's all that's on my mind. Tune in next time to find <laughs> out. That's right. Same bat time, same bat channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and either way, we'll be here to uh, walk you through it. 
your favorite color commentary providers. Oh yeah, you know, with with all <laughs> the the uh, the jokes, the Chef Boyardee, and and just the video game and Super Bowl jokes. Yeah, oh yeah, the Super <laughs> yeah. Bowl jokes and, and Patrick Mahomes come on the show. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. What a what a what a get that would be like out of left field if we just hey yeah let's look. Patrick Mah- I'm Patrick Mahomes let's do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes I love the last of us hell yeah we wanted to get on this he, he's like I want to get on this podcast let me on motherfucker I'm like bring the Super Bowl championship come on man let's talk about this hell let's yeah, make dude. some Philly jokes. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my man. god. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.